How can we, as creative educators and entrepreneurs, find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by, and share our vision, all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced? Hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. I'm a teacher, mom to three toddlers, self-proclaimed French fry connoisseur, and a marketing and launch strategist to teachers. I'm answering all your burning questions about starting and growing an online business using your teacher genius. In these podcast meets magazine style episodes, I'll give you simple mindset shifts, business tips, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We're going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. Today's podcast was inspired by a question that came through my Teacher Hustle University community that I thought would be really beneficial uh, as a full podcast episode. As an FYI, I don't have a script or even really an outline for this podcast episode. I'm just going to answer the question as honestly as I possibly can and answer all the parts of this question, and I think that will make a really great podcast episode. So here's the question. One of the members asked, I've heard and learned a lot about your initial journey into business, but would you be comfortable sharing more with us about your growth journey since then? When did you know to hire and who? How did you decide which mentors to seek out or courses to take? And how did you decide which services and products to layer on top of Teacher Hustle University? Also, how did you develop those things while still running everything else so smoothly? What were some of the questions you asked yourself and what clues were there to hint that it was time? Uh, She said, I saw your Instagram story about ways to work with you, which is what made me ponder all of this. I know you're not Wonder Woman, maybe just a magician, but I know you said before you don't work 60 hour work weeks either. I'm just in absolute awe of what you've built. This question is really, really sweet and also I think gives me a little more credit than maybe I deserve because I think that for me, sometimes it feels like I work a lot and I definitely have feelings. If you saw one of my recent Instagram posts, I definitely have moments where I think, why can't I just be a normal person who doesn't want to have a business, who doesn't have all these ideas to see through and doesn't feel this like creative energy and this need to create and do and have new things happening all the time. So I definitely feel those feelings from time to time, but I can share a lot of what's worked in my growth journey in business, which hasn't been a straight upward turn either. There's been definitely some ups and downs. I'll share both the ups and the downs with you. Let me break this apart question by question. The first part was, how did you know to hire and who? Um, I'll say about hiring that I always prepare to hire before I actually hire. So I pretend as if I'm hiring by creating things like role sheets, which outlines exactly what I would have the person that I hire do. I start to really take notice of where I'm spending a lot of time in my business, or I did take notice of where I was spending a lot of time in my business. And then I would just pull out a Google Doc and I would start writing down all the things that I was spending time on that I knew I didn't want to be spending a lot of time on. Either it just wasn't a great return on my time investment, or it wasn't something I really felt passionately about doing. It wasn't my creative zone of genius. It was something I knew I wanted to hand off if I could. 
I did that way before I felt that I had the money to hire. And I would start organizing those tasks into different role sheets. I would start to see how the tasks would connect together and I would put them in separate Google Docs depending on what I felt like the role was. For example, if I felt like it was a lot of social media stuff, I would put it in one Google Doc and call it maybe social media manager. I would just make up a name. And then I was constantly working on those role sheets and tweaking them, changing them, moving a task from one to the other. And then eventually I made my own role sheet and thought about what ultimately I wanted to be doing in my business and everything else went on a different role sheet. So role sheets were really the key to knowing, I guess, who to hire. As far as the when to hire them, I always hired a little bit before I knew I would need the help. And that comes from a hard lesson I learned. Uh, I had just my offer, Teacher Hustle University, when I first started my business. That's my membership. That was the only offer I had for the first, I think, year, year and a half. Um, That was probably one of the better things that I did in business is I just had one offer to start with. And I waited until that was running so smooth that I knew I could put my attention on something else and nothing from that membership would fall through the cracks. There would be no feeling that I wasn't being present or whatever. I waited until that was really solid before I added something else. That's one right thing that I've done. But in the growth period for Teach Us the University, we had one month where I think we added something like 80 to 100 members. It was just this big leap of members. And it really took me beyond, it took me beyond manageable. It was, I can still remember, it was this moment where there were a bunch of customer service emails, there were a bunch of questions in the Facebook group. I think people, maybe they couldn't get logged in or there was some sort of like, little technical issues. And I had this feeling of, oh, man, I I really need some help here. I can't keep up. And I just hit this growth spurt that I wasn't prepared for. Um, and that's when I brought on Nicole, who is my executive assistant. Now, I had already been sort of writing up a role sheet for, for kind of like a customer service type role. And I don't even think I called her an executive assistant right out of the gate. I think we kind of came up with that name later. But initially, she was just customer service. And I brought her on to check the email, respond to people, make sure memberships were, were you know, people were, if they had billing questions, that the, those were answered because I was spending so much time there. And that is not a great return on investment for me, just because if I am answering billing questions when I could be creating materials for my members, Uh, or even marketing materials. That's just not a great place for me to to spend my time. I hired Nicole and we had to do a lot of work to kind of get my business ready for her. We had to do a lot of developing workflows and um, standard operating procedures so that she could come into the business and know what in the world to do. There was a lot of figuring things out and um, figuring out workflows in places where I had kind of had everything living in my head, and now I had to communicate it to a team member, so I needed to figure out a way to do that. It was a lot of messiness when I first brought her on. And thank goodness she's my real-life BFF, so she knows my visionary brain, and she loves me dearly no matter what kind of a mess I make of the back end side of my business. But it wasn't as much messy as it was just like all living in my head. She helped me kind of download some of that information into actual documents that she could use and then future team members could use as well. We started to really get some systems into place. And so once those systems were in place, um, 
I didn't hire again for a while. Instead, what I did was I started adding on programs. So the I believe the second year in business is when I added on course creators intensive. And how did I know how to or what to create? That came out of listening to the members of Teacher Hustle University. Since I had that offer for the first year, maybe year and a half, I had lots of time to interact with members and listen to their needs and what were they wanting above and beyond what they were getting inside Teacher Hustle University. And it was very clear that they wanted to know more about how to create a course or a membership or a workshop, some sort of knowledge product. A lot of my THU members create digital products. Uh, They sell for TPT or they sell on Etsy. They create some sort of digital product and sell it. And they're, they're also interested in knowledge products. I knew, oh, you know what? Email marketing came before Course Creators Intensive. So I guess email marketing was the first one. I created a little course. I was very pregnant and I was like, I have to get this course out before I have a baby. There's nothing like the pressure of being pregnant to get a course recorded and out to your people. I got that recorded and out to at least Teacher Hustle University and maybe to my social media audience really, really quickly because of the need, because people kept asking me about email marketing. And then after I had the baby and things settled down, I think that's when I got into Course Creators Intensive. And that program I actually taught live for the first four or five runs of it. And that was really great because also I was able to interact with the people who were going through the course, going through the program. And I was able to get their feedback and discover what they needed to know, what other questions they had. And then I was able to really tweak and improve that program. I guess if I had to give some general advice about what I think that I did right there as far as program creation is that if you take it really slow, you launch something and then you listen and you get feedback and you answer questions, you're able to really build that program out nicely. And then once it's running smoothly, then you can think about adding on the next layer. Because of course, even with Course Creators Intensive, there was still another layer of need. Um, People who had gone through Teacher Hustle University and maybe also through Course Creators Intensive, now they are two years into their business alongside alongside of me. And so they had some growth needs. They wanted to know, how do I hire? How do I systematize? How do I build my community, my paid community? How do I live launch? How do I put my evergreen funnels together now that I have this growing business? And so that's when I developed my last program, which is Second Salary Society. That's maybe the most advanced program that I offer. And it's kind of like a group mastermind where we talk about higher level concepts. And there's a lot of coaching and and really like walking them through some of these higher level projects in their business. I never would have known when I started this, that I would be creating a program like that. That came out of just, again, listening to my people and what they needed and then responding to that. So my advice is to listen and respond to what your people need. And then just to go back to the hiring for a minute, I think then once I had four programs essentially running, so I had Teacher Hustle University, my email marketing course, Course Creators Intensive, and Second Salary Society, Then it became a lot to manage. It was a lot of, when you even have one knowledge product, there's a lot of questions about where is this downloadable? Where do I find this worksheet? What lesson was this in? And it's a lot of upkeep with the systems for each program on the back end. 
So that's when I started creating a role sheet for a programs assistant. I knew I wanted somebody who would help me keep up with sharing links and supporting the communities for these programs and just keeping me organized as far as programs go. And that's when I hired Lisa, who is a member of Teacher Hustle University. So she already knew the programs inside and out. She had taken almost every single one of them. So she knew where everything was and she's already super organized. She helps me stay on track there. And I knew I needed help, so that's why I hired her. My last hire was Laura, who is my social media lead, my marketing lead, actually, not my social media lead, my marketing lead. And I hired her out of the desire to, there were a couple reasons. She's my most recent hire, and I felt like I was at a point where I needed someone else who could do exactly what I do because I wanted someone else who could help support my communities, somebody who could come in and coach, who I fully trusted to come in and coach and um, could make, you know, the same, would give the same advice, would make the same kind of impact that I could make. And also somebody that I could strategize with around marketing for my own business. And Laura is that. She is one of the most brilliant marketing minds I've met. And we talk a lot about marketing strategy and nerd out over that stuff. And she also coaches inside my programs and the members absolutely love her. She's also really, really great at talking through health and wellness, which is a nice touch, especially because I am so focused on logistics that I don't often slow down to think about things like mindset or certainly not wellness. I can't really even control my own wellness right now. I need all the help. So Laura is able to help me and all of the members of all of my programs. I guess I, again, didn't know I would be hiring someone like that until I got into it and realized that I just needed that additional level of support. The next part of this question is, uh, how did you develop these things while also running everything else smoothly? And what were some of the questions you asked yourself? And what clues were there to hint that it was time? Ooh, that's a good one. I don't know. I don't know that there were necessarily clues to hint that it was time for a new program. It was more like I was logging in my mind every time somebody would ask the same question. I would think in my mind, oh, someday I need a product for that. Oh, someday I need I need to address that. And it was almost like I had those lists living in my mind and I just knew they were going to happen. I just didn't know when. And so the when came when I felt like the first program was running well. I picture kind of like a set of gears. So I'm turning that first gear and turning it and turning it until it's really spinning on its own. And then I'm adding another one in or maybe like a um, a juggler or something who's adding, adding one in each time. I'm waiting till I've really got my groove with the first program. And then meanwhile, I'm kind of cataloging in my mind what that second program might look like but then I'm not actually putting it into action until the first one's running really smoothly. Otherwise, I think what could happen is creating new stuff becomes more like shiny object syndrome and you end up kind of dropping the first thing to add in the second thing. And your people will notice that, especially with a knowledge product. They will notice that your attention is not fully there anymore and they'll, they will definitely feel that. So I didn't want any of my members to ever feel that way. I wanted them to feel fully supported. So I made sure that I went back and improved everything and updated it and felt that it was really quality before moving to the next thing. 
if you're in Teach Hustle University, you know that somewhere in there, I also updated everything and um, elevated it and worked with uh, Megan Kensington, the course designer, to make sure that all the materials inside each program are just really good. I'm very proud of everything inside each program. And so it was then I could put my attention on adding something new in. The last part of the question is, um, I know you're not Wonder Woman, maybe just a magician. You don't work 60-hour works e- weeks either. And that is true. I don't work 60-hour weeks. Oh my gosh, I couldn't. Um, I have three little kids. And uh, pff, yeah, that would just be a lot. I won't say, though, that I haven't worked a lot. I don't know if 60-hour weeks, but there are, def- there are definitely times where I'm putting in a lot more work than others, uh, usually when I'm building something. So if I'm building a new program or I'm getting ready for a launch, those will be weeks that I'm definitely putting in more time. The rest of the time, I've really gotten my marketing on Evergreen so that things are kind of running and I can take breaks. And taking breaks, honestly, actually, if I had to give everybody the biggest piece of advice, advice I can on this podcast episode and and how I've managed all of this over time is taking breaks. Anytime that I felt burned out or I felt like it wasn't fun anymore or I felt like I was dreading sitting down in front of my computer to work, I knew it was time for a break and a big break, not just like a weekend break although that's nice every once in a while. But I mean, like a full on at least a week, maybe two, where I'm not working in my business. Maybe I'm listening to a podcast like toward the end of the break, or maybe I'm learning something over the couple of weeks, but I'm not creating, I'm not marketing, I'm not showing up live if I can help it. I'm just literally unplugged or just learning. And for me, that's where the biggest ideas come from. And I know that if I'm stuck on an idea or I'm stuck on something, or I can't quite get something right, that I need to take a break because the break gives me clarity. I just had a meeting with Laura the other day, my marketing lead, and there was something that I was really hoping I would have clarity on before I met with her. I can't even remember what it was. But I said to her, I'm sorry, I wanted to have clarity on this before our meeting, but I think I just need more time to think about it. Because the more I think about it, the more I just actually take a break from it and then come back to it, the things always figure themselves out. Or I somehow always come to some clarity when I just give the idea space, time to incubate. We need time to not only follow through on our ideas, but also to sit with them, to implement the things we're learning on podcasts and in our courses and then just to incubate them, let them marinate and let them chill and then clarity comes. So that's definitely my advice. If you're feeling a little bit stuck in your growth, it feels like things aren't quite going well, you probably need a break and some clarity and things will work themselves out and you will figure it out. But that has been uh, some a challenge that comes up again and again. Uh my work week, a couple of just like quick tips that I know I've said before, but I'll just remind everyone. I having a solid team, so having help, even if that means having a project-based VA, you're like, you know, I wanna um hire somebody to write three really good keyword research blog posts for me so I can have my funnels up and running. 
do that. Hire that person. If it's going to give you a good return on your time and your money, um, that is worth it. Having a project management system is another way that I've kept my hours lower. Having We use Asana, so that is for tasks and checking things off and assigning tasks to the team. I live for that. I check Asana every day when I start work and when I end work, I make sure everything is checked off. And I also use my full focus planner, which is great, but you could honestly just do this in a notebook. When I sit down to work, I write down the three things I want to accomplish during that work session. And then when I end my work, I cross off anything I got done and I roll it over to the next day. I have to work in sprints like that or um, I won't get anything done. I'll do a million things that add up to nothing. So having those big three for the day and then rolling anything over to the next day, that has been key. And then knowing when to take a break, knowing that kind of going with that same sprint idea, you can kind of sprint through, but then you need a break. You can't be on all the time in your business and never off and never learning or thinking or just just not doing anything at all. Okay, so the title of this podcast is How I Make Money in My Business. I just want to review before I end the episode all the different offerings that I have and the different different income streams. So I have Teacher Hustle University. That's my membership. I have my email marketing course. That's more like a course with a, it's really a lot of templates. It's kind of, I call it a template vault plus coaching videos. Um, I have Course Creators Intensive, which is a 12-week program to help you launch a knowledge product. And then I have Second Salary Society, which is the kind of group mastermind program. I also have digital resources like templates, um, ebooks. Te- I said templates, templates, ebooks, different things like that that are lower priced digital pro- digital resources or digital products. And then the last one that I didn't talk about yet is affiliate sales. I have a couple of software programs that I really love sharing about. Kajabi is one of them. ConvertKit is another. Um, Full Focus Planner is another one. And I, whenever I use my marketing channels to sell those things or to talk about those things and promote them, I use my affiliate link. And when you purchase through my affiliate link, the company sends me a little bit of money as kind of like a thank you for promoting their product. So if you are looking for an additional income stream to add on to what you're already doing, knowledge products are great, digital products are great. Don't forget about affiliate sales, especially if there's a company you already love. They probably have an affiliate program. You can go on their website and look at the bottom and all the links in the footer. You'll usually see it there, or you can just reach out via email and let them know, hey, you know, I have some of these marketing channels already up and running. I'm already using your product and loving it. I would love to share this with my audience. Do you have an affiliate program? Chances are they probably do. Or if it's a smaller company, they will set one up with you. And it's a really worthwhile stream of income. You can also get your affiliate sales running on Evergreen by writing some uh, evergreen content or creating some evergreen content like a blog post or a YouTube video that refers to that affiliate Uh, link and uses it in that evergreen content and therefore makes sales for you while you are off doing fun things like hanging out at the beach or teaching or whatever it is that you're doing and you're still making money. It's really having the combination of different streams of income, having that solid work time carved out, um, but not 60 hour weeks, and then knowing 
the difference between a shiny object and actually adding something into your product suite that you can be proud of and that you're ready for and your people are ready for. And then above all, take breaks. I hope that this behind the scenes look was helpful. And I want to share that I have my course creators intensive program opening again soon. I'm going to be having a challenge to help you map out your very first course or maybe your next course. So if you have an idea for a knowledge product that you want to get launched maybe before summertime, then you're going to want to participate in the Map Your Course Challenge because I'm going to help you get that idea all sorted out into something that you can then take and launch right around summertime when everybody is looking to get all of the knowledge, soak up all of the knowledge while they're by the pool or whatever fun thing they're doing in the summer. So you're going to want to go to alyssamcdonald.com slash challenge to get signed up for that free map your course challenge. Don't forget to DM me teacher by nap time on Instagram with your listener questions so that I can answer them on the next podcast. And of course, please review this podcast. We so appreciate every review. We will be reading some of the reviews out loud in episodes this season. And so we really need you to please snap a photo, share, review, whatever you can do to spread the word. If you have a teacher friend who's looking to start an online business or grow their online business, please share this podcast with them if you think they will find it helpful. Hope to see you in the next episode and I hope you enjoy this new format of season three.